Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. My name is Chet Zar, I'm your host, and today's interview is D.W. Freidendahl, who's a guy, a multi-talented artist, who I've known of for many, many years. I think he was probably doing this, we talk about it, he was doing this stuff online, selling his work and creating dark art back when I was first getting online in the early 2000s. So he's been around for a while and we've not really had a real chance to meet. So it was great talking to him at a super fun conversation. So that's coming up. Uh, I have been painting for my zombie death bot show. That's what's been going on with me lately during this hell hellish heat wave in Southern California. It's really been ridiculous. Uh, so I've been just trying to stay cool, trying to finish these paintings. It's down to the wire. It's the grind time. It's the thing I said. If you listen to the podcast, it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> it's happening. It's happening. I couldn't do it. I don't know why. I just can't. I, I don't know. I need I need uh, help. Anyway, I'll get it done. Um so that's that's pretty much it just been grinding and um so we're just gonna do a quick intro i gotta get this done you don't want to listen to me talk anyway you want to listen to the interview um but uh, uh i gotta get back to painting on this guy here uh let's see what else has been going on quickly i've been pay uh really trying to get the youtube channel happening so if you hear this Please subscribe and like to the Dark Art Society podcast YouTube channel. That's been going really well. Um, it's been picking up, but, you know, it's still small potatoes uh, compared to uh, any decent-sized channel. But I'm trying to get it to where I can monetize the channel. And I need more. I need 1,000 subscribers and 1,000 watch hours. And I think we're up to – no, 4,000 watch hours. And we're up to 460 or 400 and something uh, subscribers and 1,100 watch hours. So the watch hours have really picked up. Thanks especially to Mike Bracken, the horror geek from Sick Flicks. He shared the, the, his episode on his YouTube page and he got us a bunch of new followers and uh, lots of views on that video so that was really cool of him so thanks Mike really appreciate that great interview um, the Mitch Horowitz podcast is doing really well on YouTube as well that was a great great interview super fun really informative can't wait to have him back can't wait to have Mike back too um, so let's see. There's no new subscribers this week. If you want to subscribe and support the Patreon uh, or support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash darkartsociety and support there. You can go to my personal one, too, if you want to just support me. And that's patreon.com slash jetzar. And, um, oh, yeah, and the Dark Art Society Patreon for if you join at the five dollar level, you get entered to win a skull, which I said I was going to do the drawing this episode, but I just am too um, pressed for time. I can't do it, so we're gonna have to put it off again. But check this skull out. 
Amazing Skulls. S-K-U-L-L-S-H-O-P-P-E dot com. Great skulls. I love their skulls. I own two of their skulls. Um, so, yeah, enter at the $5 level. Get uh, enter to win a free skull every month. I'm sorry if I'm kind of spacey, but I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. I've been working really hard on the show, so... Um, yeah, it's been rough. <laughs> September's going to suck. Uh, along with the heat, it's just, it's just, a it's a, it's, it's a grind. It's the grind month. So anyway, I'm going to get back to it, back to painting. You get back to listening to my interview with D.W. Frydendahl. Got it. Okay. That's it. We're on. We're on. (laughs) Hello, Darren. Hey, how's it going? DW. How's it going? (laughs) I called you Darren, D, and DW. Yeah, you can call me D. (laughs) You know, call me my parents' nickname, which was jerk off. So, (laughs) either way, I'm cool. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Oh, thanks for having me, man. This is exciting. Yeah, well, we've been like, you know, almost crossing paths, I think, for probably like 20 years or something, maybe. It's like you've been around. Now, I'm pretty sure that you've been at, you know, I've been aware of you since um, like when I first got on my website and stuff, which is like really the early 2000s or or were you you online then with a website and and stuff? Yeah, I had my first version of a website. I'm always into technology, like I'm into crazy tech shit. Oh, okay. So when websites came out in 94, pretty much, Oh, so I made probably the most bloated piece of crap website <laughs> you've ever seen. Or it's like, here's the Didn't we all? Yeah, I made it 300 DPI. <laughs> so it's like, oh, let's open it up. And okay, I'm going to go like, grab a soda. <laughs> yeah. Like it was like, seriously like that. <laughs> but yeah man i've always yeah no that's that's awesome yeah so yeah i mean yeah yeah we've said we've shown at many galleries at the same galleries i'm i'm sure been in same shows before and yeah and i just we've never really met so it's i've seen you at conventions you know oh okay and stuff yeah this Yeah, so uh, it's great to finally get to chat. Yeah, totally, man. Yeah, it's uh, we uh, we started we, I think when we started kind of working together was on that NFT thing last year. That oh, okay. Crushed like it was, you know, doing the screen box bloody disgusting. Yes, team, and he just yes. made an exploding head. Yeah, That's, well, it, <laughs> there you go. It what, was. What I thought. I you know the funny thing about that project is I thought. Cause it was like, I was like scanners. It, they were saying it can't be like, just like the movie. Yeah. It has to be referring to a horror film, but it can't be like you're painting a, a, an image from a horror movie. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, exploding head scanners. There you go. Yeah. And that's, that's fun. And, and, and I enjoyed right. it. And then, and then the funny thing was somebody did one of the blob, which was based or, on yes. my character. And it was, 
kind of painted from the still of the movie. And I was like, shit, if I would have done that, I would have done that because I worked on the movie and I would have just yeah. used that picture. But that, uh, <laughs> that whole thing, I'm stoked that you got into NFTs after that because the NFTs work for you and everything. That entire thing that we did last year was just unbridled chaos. Oh, I'm sure. yeah, felt, it seemed, seemed like it. Yeah, I felt so bad for Jeremy shot. Oh. You know, he's just like, hey, man, it's all good. <laughs> I'm just like ripping my hair out and just flipping out. Like, what are these people? Yeah, dirt. The <laughs> Why aren't they doing that? You know, and it was like, <laughs> and everyone would just be like, it's cool, man. Just relax. Just go box breathe or do whatever you do and just you know smoke a joint or something <laughs> for Christ's sake. yeah it was like uh it was a way to dip my toes in because it's like i wasn't i was do i was commissioned to do the paint well we were all commissioned to do the paintings and then they minted them and made the nfts yeah for their collection and so it's like it was a way of kind of doing it but not really doing it like just testing the waters yeah yeah you know so that was cool it was a cool little experience i liked uh yeah i mean it was fine with me i got oh yeah got paid so got to make a cool little painting yeah it was it was like it 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 all worked out it was a little stressful for a while because we were also launching Screenbox at the same time oh right right and and when I say we, it was me. Like, oh, I better put in all the stuff for the Apple Store descriptions, the images. Oh, really? Wow. Like, yeah. That Make was sure all, all the. Yeah, that was. I'm like, <laughs> like this, and it was. I basically had to do all of the shelves, which is like, what are the collections? Okay, I'm just gonna come up with shit, mm-hmm. um, making sure all the graphics work and everything as well as getting the entire NFT website and all that stuff going and working with teams in India to develop this stuff. Wow. And then working with, uh, what was the name of that company? Rad. Oh, don't get me started. Don't get you started on Rad. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I had to deal with them. And uh, yeah, man, it was a nightmare. Yeah, you you do a ton of different things. You know, yeah. it's like you do everything. It seems like what do you, I mean, what do you, I mean, your main thing is you're an artist. Yeah. That's your like main thing, but you do yeah. all this other like administrative Just, work. It sounds yeah. like and website building and what, I mean, what do you do? Yeah. Not- <laughs> I do a lot of this, which by the way, if you have never messed with VR. Oh, I'm, I'm I, I got an Oculus quest too i'm all about it i i uh the i play the one game i i've stuck with is uh and i was just playing it i had to stop it to come into this (laughs) interview (laughs) is in death unchained have you played that in vr no is that is that an oculus exclusive i don't know i know it's a pc game that was really popular it's a bow and arrow game you're like it's like oh man it's so cool and what's it called in death unchained it's kind of a lame name but it's like uh you're i think you're traveling through hell and oh, kill- got me there yeah castles wow. it's like castles and zombies are coming after you and you got a bow and arrow and uh um monks with no 
the em- empty, you know, empty monk hoods shooting arrows at you and spirits. It's so cool. It's so much fun. <laughs> yeah, the the game I've been playing a lot lately in VR is walkabout mini golf. Oh yeah, yeah. I've seen I've seen that. I've seen it's, it's good. So oh yeah, dude, get it. We can go play. <laughs> we can like I, I sit there and I play with friends at work who have like VR stuff. Uh-huh. And it's cross uh platform. So you could play with people who are on Oculus and vice versa. But it's just awesome. It's miniature golf. And it's like they have the labyrinth level where it's Jim Henson's labyrinth. They got the oh, cool. Dude, it is so fun. But wow. the, the game that I played to, I think I put in probably 400 hours, was Skyrim. Oh, okay. Where I got the mods for it, where you could look down and instead of just two controllers, you look down and you see your body. With oh, my God. Cards. So wait, yeah. wait which, which headset do you have? I have the Vive, the OG Vive from 2016, and then I got a Vive Pro. Okay, so these are the ones that are like higher res. They're like... Look at this shit. This is like... Yeah, those are the expensive ones, right? Yeah, and it's like... I actually even made a VR gallery, which I'm trying to think about how to put this on uh, uh, Steam. But I made a VR gallery for my artwork where it's like you're in the Haunted Mansion. And oh, cool. There's, this, there's like an old like uh, record player just playing like creepy old music. Wow. And it's, you just walk around and you look at my artwork and like it's full scale in the experience. Oh, that's so cool. But I have like pictures of Frankenstein and the mummy and shit like that. And it's like, I don't know if it's free. I think it's cool. But I yeah. just I don't want to be all of a sudden. I've had enough troubles today with, you know, <laughs> people saying don't use that. I don't want Universal to be on that list either. So, uh, you know, is it the thing with uh, copyrighted images like from movies? Is that I thought you could do one? Well, I've heard that you could do one painting a year based on an image from a film, but you can't do like prints and multiples. Oh, okay. That's what I've heard, and I don't yeah. quote me on that. But no, I'll totally. You know what? I'm just gonna put it up. <laughs> yeah. All they do is they tell you to take it down, and then yeah. you take it down. Yeah. It's not you like just you get go. sued. And they give you cease and desist. You know. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, man. <laughs> you know, I mean, I dealt with Disney enough with when I was doing the haunted mansion stuff that you know, I'm oh, surprised right. I didn't get pinged for some of that shit. But it actually worked out because the haunted mansion stuff that I did. The publisher of the Haunted Mansion comic saw it and he's like, what do you want to do on our comic? And I was like, yes. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So fun. Well, t- tell everybody, I mean, give me your life story. Give me your art life story. How did yeah, you How I, did you come to this? Because you're, you know, you really are one of the OG horror artists. <laughs> oh, really? Geez, I mean, you probably, no, seriously, you're like probably. That makes me so stoked <laughs> it's it's you're the you're like one of the only people i remember doing when i first got online and started doing my my artwork you're like one of the only i can't think of maybe west ben scoter was was online at the time maybe doing but that was like album stuff but you know similar genres there just wasn't that many people doing it back then and you're one of the the few people i remember from back in the day so how did you get here 
I, when how, I was, how five, did this all start? <laughs> yeah. When I was five, I was like, I want to draw Spider-Man and Batman. Okay. Like, and I would just sit down and just watch cartoons and try to draw like my own comics. And then roughly in my like six, seven ish, that's when I got into horror movies. Mm -hmm. Like I have somewhere and I could send it to you at some point, a Valentine that I made for my mom, where on the cover, it has this astronaut and you open it up and it says, have an incredible melting Valentine's Day. <laughs> and it's the incredible melting Valentine. <laughs> and she was like, wow, this, thank you. Dude. <laughs> You know, so, um, so you yeah, sounds like I, it sounds like your mom was cool then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, you know, they they did their best to understand me. You know, they <laughs> they my dad would always tell me, you know what, you march to a different drummer, but I'll always try to keep pace. Or, oh, that's great. Yeah, I'm like, that's oh, all, oh yeah, that's all you need. That's all yeah. you need. You don't have yeah, to. My, be, your parents don't have to be into it. They just need to be like, just try so, and understand. You know. Yeah. My dad was actually a painter. He would paint like landscapes and stuff. Oh, wow. And he, uh, I remember he retired. He was a firefighter and he retired in like 1975. And I would just come home and he'd have his French easel out and he's just painting and they, they're like huge. And he's just like, hey, like with three needle brushes, just like, yeah, <laughs> like, like he's Joe Coleman or something. And he's like, oh, okay. Hey, how's it going? And, uh, he did that for about four or five years. And then he had an art show. Oh, wow. And he was really excited. And he was showing his art. And some kind of art snobby guy came up and said, hey, what do you use for your black paint? And, you know, my dad's, he didn't go to school or anything. He's like, the paint, you know. Uh-huh. No, like, you know, and if you go to art school, you know, you mix everything together. But he didn't. And this guy was just kind of. <laughs> okay right and that was it he was done <laughs> really it's like yeah it just kind of he was you gotta, like you got to be resilient to be an yeah artist. and he wasn't and i still like, use black i use black yeah i use ivory black still same here i don't ivory care bars. let's see do you have it you're like this just, what's yeah. that oh no you're yeah like I did. I, i've got i mean it's right there yeah it's black it's like i use oh yeah you can see it you uh yeah, I told that story to Rick D'Enzo. Uh-huh. And you know, and he got he got pissed. That's and he's such a mellow cat. I love that dude. He now it's like he's been in interviews and he's like sending me links. He's like, check this out. And it's like people are asking me, he's like, Oh yeah, by the way, I use black paint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, I recently read that the the main issue with using ivory black um is that if you're painting over it, like over a dry layer, it can cause cracking of the paint on top of it. But I think that's probably like worst case scenario if it's thick. Yeah. And you don't have any medium in it. But it's like I use liquid in everything, just about every layer, which which kind of like alleviates any of that fat over lean problem stuff. Everything just kind of, it adds a kind of, I don't know, plasticity to the paint i think yeah so i i mean i've never had a problem with it i just use black it's like if i want it darker yeah. i'll glaze yeah i just layer the lizard crimson it. over it or something and yeah i've mixed it together i don't like i don't it's like the black to it's me like bluish 
it's yeah. like dark purple. Well, it's like, yeah, it's like you, you, it's, I, I, the most recent one I read was Ivory or uh, Ultramarine and Alizarin. And it's like, yeah, okay, that makes a black, but it, it seems like a quarter of a shade lighter than the Ivory Black to me, just a little bit lighter. It's like, I don't know. And it just acts differently when you put white in it. I just like, I like, ivory black sorry yeah it's like yeah anyway sorry back to you but no it's cool i but (laughs) then i got into doing comic books where i was the kid i'm sure you can relate like who was just at school just kind of like right you know and i just did my own thing i got into like uh doing sculpture and stuff because i wanted to get into special effect makeup oh wow okay yeah um and i just i've heard this from a lot of people i've interviewed right that they wanted it or not not a ton but enough to where it's like it's like a thing with people are into dark oh, yeah. and stuff. if you love monsters you want to draw and make them yeah like, over here like this this is my office this is where i work i do boxing here i do vr here it's like you remember that movie bronson how he's just in the 10 by 10 cell yeah 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 right right that's this place right <laughs> it's like hey i need something yeah <laughs> you should see the size of my studio it's like you know it's basically what you can see over there and that's it it's a little yeah. bedroom but it's uh i just i just started doing the comic book stuff and i went after it hard and i'd always go to the comic con and you know i'm like 15 and i'm drawing what i think is the greatest like you know arthur adams eat your heart out you know and it's like you look at it now and you just kind of go no no (laughs) but you know it's i i lucked out when i was 16 because my mom once again started working with the wife of john carl beekler oh yeah yeah that that was my first job yeah and i would go and visit him yeah Mm -hmm. lynn yeah and my mom worked with lynn that's crazy and and so she's like yeah my son's kind of into this horror thing he should come by and hang out and i'm like you know, like, holy shit, it's Kane Hodder. It's, you know, here's the makeup from the Friday the th- or Friday the 13th part seven. And I'm like, oh, here's the pizza from Nightmare on Elm Street 4. And it was just <laughs> the biggest blast. And that's, I worked in, on Ghoulies Go to College, my first film. That's right, you told me. Yeah, and I met Wayne Toth. Right. I saw him years later and he's like, oh my God. And I'm like, you're Wayne Todd. Like, how do you know me? And he's like, we worked together like on that. So um, many people for, in the, you know, the Be- Beekler shop was known for doing like really crappy, <laughs> crappy, oh, yeah. low budget stuff. <laughs> like this. Hey, what's going? Hey. <laughs> you ever see the, the, the special where <laughs> there's this, it was one of the, these things we used to say in the shops, like as one of the running jokes where it's like a Klaus Kinski head that Beekler made and it's going like (laughs) the lip and he goes that'll work (laughs) so it's like anytime we anytime we're like working on something that's just so fucked up you go that'll work (laughs) (laughs) anyway but but John was like John John was awesome everybody loved him a lot of amazing artists got their start Mitch Devane who was like the best sculptor in the business got his start there John Criswell uh um uh dave canlin it's like these amazing people that went on to be just like top yeah. of their game in the field 
got their start at Beekler's shop. Yeah, Beekler so, gave me a piece of information. He's like, what do you want to do? And I don't know if this is a testament about my drawing skills or the ability of my special effects stuff. <laughs> like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I, I either want to do special effect makeup or comic books. He's like, do the comic books. It pays more. And, <laughs> you know, it's you're going to be an assistant for a long time if you work in a special effects house. It's like, OK, OK, you got it. Interesting. That's the first time I've ever heard that comic books pay more than makeup effects. Oh yeah, at the time. Now it's now it's a joke. Comic yeah, books, I've heard. It's like oh, I did creepy and I got fifty bucks. Like for, for like a, a whole for what? Pencil and inking and lettering. Of a story? For a story, yeah. Oh, shit. I did that's like crazy. a three pager and it was like That's in, that's that's like why not do it yourself? Yeah, why not just for the fun of it yeah that's exactly <laughs> what sell it was the, sell the things for a hundred bucks a piece each each yeah. piece of art or something you know yeah and i mean that was you know but that's the way it was now in the 90s before the big marvel image implosion they were it was like a sixty thousand dollar a year job oh in the wow 90s. and now it's like hi my daytime job is working over at sonic and I do comics at night, you know, it's like, right, right, right. So it's so I, you know, I was always into the comic stuff. I never really painted. I was always a pen and ink guy, mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. um, using my rapidographs. Yeah, me too. I had my, I, my speaking okay. of rapidograph, <laughs> yeah. my mom, because my mom was super cool. Also, she got me and it was expensive for us at the time. I remember because my stepdad was a painter. And so yeah. it was always yeah. boom, boom or bust, mostly bust. Uh, but I remember she did get, she got me a rapidograph set and then she got me an ultrasonic cleaner, which what was like needed. epic, <laughs> you know? And it was like, I was the only person I knew. I'd never heard of an ultrasonic cleaner. And it's like, uh, I knew how to take those things apart. And oh yeah. And then you have the little needle and you're like this, it's like you're James Bond doing the bomb. When it's, like, <laughs> you put it back in and it goes doink. It's way more delicate than like a really fine airbrush too. Those rapidograph yeah. sets were insane. Anyway, so yeah, I was I was uh, I went through a big rapidograph stage in in high school, junior high and high school, yeah. and I was primarily pencil pencil and and pen and ink. I didn't really I didn't start painting until way into adulthood myself. Yeah, I started painting. I took a rendering class, which was cool. I learned how like light and you know how you do like you build the stuff up how you put in like a mid-tone and then you go in and paint the shadows. And I, mm -hmm. I kind of learned that there, but I just never used it because I mean, I was just always drawing these comic book characters and like, Hey, Darren, we're doing a, a my, our agency needs to make this comic book looking thing. Can you do it? Sure. And then I, I got into, I got into color coloring, computer coloring in like 1991, 90. Wow. Like, okay. Here's Photoshop. This is new. And it's like, right. oh my God, I could do like Ollie Optics. The guy is Steve, I forget his name, but there was a guy who was doing all these comic books with Photoshop and they looked so killer. And I'm like, cool, I'm going to learn how to do that. But I didn't have the 15 to 20K to do to buy the computer. Right. But yeah, it's, uh, it was, uh, it, I, I basically just kind of freelanced. I 
worked at Disney. Um, yeah, just did a lot of freelance, did like web design and stuff. I remember at one point, and there's always a story that I like to tell, I was burnt out. I know you've probably gone through this where it's like I earlier on in your career, this happened to me where people would kind of put down your artwork to try to get a better rate. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, whatever, you know, and there's this one company that I was working with and the guy who was the owner was just, it was just, it was just beating me up. And I was, to be honest, like kind of done with it. I'm like, I don't, I'll find something else to do. And I was at a convention, uh, mad monster party or mad model party. Do you mm. Oh that? yeah. Yeah. I remember the mad model party. Yeah. I don't think I yeah. ever went to one. Yeah, I had a booth, and right next to me was Bernie Wrightson. Oh, man. <laughs> and it was, I was just showing off my, you know, like we, it was this Halloween stuff that a guy I knew was selling. He asked me to be at the booth. So I'm just hanging out, bullshitting with one of the greatest artists of the 20th century, in my opinion, like one of my Yeah, dad. yeah. And I'm just like... I'm just like, we're talking about Catholic school because I went to Catholic school and it was, it didn't work. We'll just say like, it didn't work spectacularly. Um, and then we're just talking. And then, you know, a couple of hours in, he goes, you know what, what do you do? And it's like this, like that kind of rack in where it's like, oh shit. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I, I draw. And he goes, can I see your stuff? I turn around like this, the guy whose booth I was at, he hands me my kind of drawing stuff, stuff that I did at White Wolf, White Wolf games, like the vampire games. Uh -huh. And I'm like, and he opens it up and he goes, this is fucking amazing. I swear to God, I wanted to just turn around and, <laughs> and just go, yeah, I won. <laughs> I won the game little of kid life. Go, Did you hear that? He said it was fucking amazing. <laughs> and and just that, like that kind word from someone at that point, it's like you can't like people who are kind of you know. There's not many assholes in our scene, you know. They kind right. of just wash out. Ultimately. Yeah, yeah. But it's like everyone just now and then needs just a kind word and support. Like mm -hmm. you know, and it's like you don't you don't get that a lot in a lot of industries, but that's why I love like, like the Jeremy shots, the Jeremy crosses, you know, mm -hmm. uh, the creep, you know, people like, you know, the uh, Danzo, as I mentioned earlier, like I could name so many others, you know, like you, um, Wes Bensko, like oh, everyone. Yeah, everyone's everyone really supportive of each other. Yeah. Yep. And it's like, we don't try to tear each other down. Right. It's like, it's, it's cause artists get, just screwed so hard all the time and it's yeah. like like from galleries that make you pay to get in to yeah see yeah and it's always you'll always notice with those kinds of things it's a group show right you know, working in a corporation now as a creative director and seeing how money is made it's like yeah that's this is all this is is this is not about the art this is just about them getting 30 people in having each of them invite 10 people and then each of those 10 people have to pay 10 to 15 it's like kind of like a pyramid scheme sort of that's exactly what it is <laughs> and the people that get screwed are the artists because everyone pays to get in 
and then no one wants to pay for a two hundred dollar piece. Or well, they're not they're 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 not incentivized to sell no. the work either because they're yeah. getting paid up front. I remember um, a gallery who shall remain nameless that still, uh, I think, still does shows. It's like they they would put shows on and get all this all the sponsorship for their shows like and i know good. you're talking about, <laughs> but they would like you know they wouldn't actively try be trying to sell the work because they're making oh. money from like you know heineken and all these places that yeah. are giving them money and yeah. i remember possibly at this location my paintings that i would make these little like there were hour-long studies mm-hmm um, they were over with, they were a hundred bucks, but it was like, you know, it's, it's, it was a Frankenstein painting that I would just sit there and crank on. And I wanted to see how fast I can get it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'll sell it for a hundred bucks. It's a nice, they put that over with prints, you know? And I'm like, no, this is oh, really <laughs> yeah, like... So everyone's like, I don't want a hundred dollar print. <laughs> so... so yeah, it's, it's funny. Like... We both know, <laughs> we know. Who... Oh no. We all know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, yeah, that bothered me that there was, there was, you know, you, you take the incentive away. I don't know. I just thought it was shitty. I thought it was like, no, it's just I shady. Stopped, I stopped, I stopped showing there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did too. When it, it, there was a, there was other issues that would transpire that that was just one of the many. Right. Things. Right. But it's like, like from a professional nine to five working thing. The same kind of thing is also um, the the uh, contract economy. Like, mm -hmm. if you're if you're trying to get work as an artist in the professional world, all of these agencies call you up and say, "Hey, we're gonna set you up with temp work for art, right? Like creative stuff." I do a lot, or I did, I got into a lot of the technology and app building stuff because I would do user experience and user interface design. That's, I got into Disney because I could do cool pictures of Mickey phones that look like they were made out of plastic. But then I'm looking at like all the apps and I'm like, no, this is how I do it. And I take mm. Illustrator and do the wireframing. And they're like, you should do wireframing. And I'm like, okay. And that became my career for the next 20 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was just, it's like just using my brain to kind of be creative, but look at also kind of the way things work and the paradigm. Yeah. A, a friend of mine, he's been on the podcast, an artist, great uh, watercolor artist named Steve Clef. He, his day job is like, I forget what the, the title of it, but it's something like that where he, tries to figure out you maybe you just mentioned it like how UX, to ui yeah like how yeah. to make it easy for people to use yeah you no know, i don't think it's like i don't think it's coding and stuff i think it's more like thinking about and yeah. getting the coder people to make it more user-friendly and tell them correct why. that's yeah that's exactly what it is like for example you have a text field right mm -hmm. should you put the name here for name right right put it inside right right believe it or not at least from what I remember, having it up here makes you recognize what it is a hundredth of a second faster. But when you're just going like this through data, right. that makes it much easier. Interesting. Yeah, like, yeah. So crazy. But yeah, it's like, you know, I would, for 10 years after I worked at Disney, I was doing contract work and it's the worst. It's the biggest racket, dude. Like, 
you go into a place like I worked at Sony, Universal, DreamWorks. I worked at all these places for six months. Right. And, and it's yeah. like you can't you can't get 401k. You can't get insurance. If you're working at a place and they want to hire you in, the agency would actively sabotage it. That's like, that's crazy. Dude, what? Because I got I got hired one time. I got hired uh, after Rick Baker's closed down. A friend. That place was awesome in on brand. Uh, or was it the one in Glendale? His office. The the, the one in uh. It's on San Fernando Road. It was yeah yeah. It's huge. Had that ivy was, growing outside. It was oh, crazy. That place was rad, dude. Uh, so it was amazing. It's the best, uh, most amazing shop ever. Um. But after that closed down, um, a friend of mine got a job doing conceptual design for a cartoon project that was in the works, this chicken <laughs> cartoon. And I got hired to come in and do um, Photoshop stuff, like like kind of like nicely rendered storyboards, color, like, I don't know. And so <clears throat> it was interesting because a lot of the people that worked there were in the in the union the animators union and we were like yeah. freelance and uh the guy that one of the producers is like yeah i'm gonna get we're gonna get you in the union and i was like oh yeah because because uh i'm in sag but they raised the amount you need to make back then at there was a point where they'd raise the amount you need to make to get health insurance so i like lost my health insurance i was like yeah. oh man if i can get in the animators union i forget what it which union it was I'll be that'll be great and then uh the time came and the, and the job ended and the guy didn't get me in the union and and he was kind and then he hired me to do something at home or it was like it was a weird like they weren't sure it was going to keep going so they sent us home and then they had me working on some other stuff and I talked to him on the phone I'm like yeah how about you know, you said you're going to get me in the union. What's up with that? And he, he, he literally he was like, yeah, <laughs> anyway. anyway. And he just kept talking. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what did, I was so pissed because this guy was like, like an exec high up executive. And he was like, it's so dumb. He was like a dumb you guy. Mean, was you so mean a high up executive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. was like, really like not a deep guy at all no, not very smart it was really weird and you really find weird. that with a lot of the executive class i used to have that at disney where um, i got started on at disney working on one saturday morning which was a show in the late 90s on channel seven or abc where i did i started out by doing storyboards for this thing called tube dwellers um, i would do these storyboards and then they're like, yeah, we're probably going to need to get an animatics maker. And I'm like, I can do that. I don't know what animatics are. <laughs> so I picked up After Effects and I learned the shit out of that. So then I'm delivering animatics with like the time code. And then I took over directing a couple of the episodes. Because wow. I, who was doing it, had a problem and would disappear. Uh. Anyway. <laughs> So I had to join the union. Um, the union came knocking on the door of one Saturday morning. And they're like, you guys have to be part of the union. Mm. And the executives were pissed. My pay went from $500 a week to like 2K a week. Right. And I was like, I love you, union. <laughs> <laughs> you know? 
<laughs> Thank you so no much. No wonder people like you. You have my back. <laughs> but yeah, it was, uh, it, it's, yeah, man. I, I, I used to drywall. I used to make props for a show on ABC Kids. You know, it's like. Damn, you've done I, everything, it seems like. Dude, I'm just tired. <laughs> I just want to crawl into my hole and die. You know? I know I'm. And now I, I'm creative director at a corporation. Like, I just. How did it. that happen? And what? Tell, um, tell, tell me about that. Okay, so, I started working in 2015 at this place called Cinnadyne. Called what? Cinnadyne. Okay. So, oh, right. It's, yeah, it's and it's basically they wanted to hire me on to work on their comic book channel because I could also do I could do UX and UI as well as comic design. And so they hired me in, but I was going through an agency. So they were paying an outrageous amount of money for me to be there. And, you know, when times get tough, the first people to get cut are the people who are the contractors. So they're like, sorry, man. I'm like, yeah, you know, it was a rough time because my dad had just died. Uh, and they had no, they're like, Darren, we want to keep you around because of all the stuff that's going on. And I'm like, no, I totally understand. They're like, we just don't have the money. So cut to about a year and a half later, I get a call and it's my friend and boss, Tony. It's like, are you busy? And I'm like, no, what do you want? I went back doing UX, UI design. And then I started looking at all of the kind of the channels. And I'm like, these logos suck. Like, I don't want to beat around the bush, but whoever had these designed previously, they did a terrible job. What are these channels? What What, okay. what is it? Cinedime puts out what are called OTT channels over the top, which are streaming and linear channels. Or like you can get an app. For example, tomorrow we're launching Cineverse, which is all of our channels in one massive app. Some okay. of our channels that I think you've heard of are the Bob Ross channel, which if you ever watch the Bob Ross channel and you see someone painting in the style, they're like, what are you going to make? I'm, I'm just going to paint with his stuff and use the the oh really all that. yeah <laughs> the president was like who the hell made this because i want to marry them <laughs> yeah like you couldn't see all the tattoos you know oh, that's so funny but um we uh el ray is one of our channels now um these are like channels that like apps like stuff that's on you could put on um roku yeah, could, roku and yes, all that exactly shit, right? okay roku vizio um you know, and a couple of other like manufacturers, we make and channel uh, packages, like channel packages and send it out to them. Okay. Uh, and a couple of years ago, we were discussing like, well, we just got the Bob Ross thing going and that went off. Well, we need a horror channel. And I'm like, let me give my friend a call over here. Uh, this Brad Miska from Bloody Disgusting. Mm hmm. And I'm like, would you guys like a channel? And he's like, I would, but I don't know about your company. And I'm like, well, we, you know, we, we were struggling for a while. We're not anymore. Here, talk to, talk to Eric. He's like our CEO. He talked and they hit it off. So then we made the bloody disgusting TV channel, which is just horror movies. Cause we have a crap load of horror movies. And then we acquired Screenbox. And 
they're like, what would you do with this Quora channel? And I'm like, oh, let's let's do this. <laughs> yeah, it's like a dream come true. Man. Yeah. And then that's when they threw me the curveball of, by the way, in about a month's time, we need to have 15 NFTs made and a delivery service. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hence, where you come into the picture, you know? So we, uh, we, um, so they came in and then we ultimately bought Bloody Disgusting. So now wow. Brad is my pal, like I work with. No way, know? that's crazy. So I guess that that company's doing well that you're it's it's doing better and it's gonna be doing better in the next month or two when we release Terrifier 2 and all these other crazy ass movies. Yeah. I, I work with Brad Miska, Tom Owens. They're the two guys from Bloody Disgusting. And then a guy that we hired on to do acquisitions, his name's Brandon. And uh, Brandon Hill, and he came from Fangoria and Dread Central. So it's like the four of us, and you know, there's a couple of other people who are kind of horror centric there, but we have like meetings every Friday and we're like, what can we do cool? Like, so cool. Yeah, it's so rad, dude. And that's, that's why I'm like, hey, Chet, you know, we should put your, uh, we should put your documentary on our channel and I, I, I put your podcast up. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, that was oh, yeah, really no, super I, cool. I, I have been in touch with everybody and I'm just kind of waiting to hear back. So I hopefully I'll get so on there, man, because I uh I I would love to be involved in something like that. Yeah, no, we yeah, it's 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 kind of the wild west a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like if you have good ideas, it's like they're they're not gonna go. Well, we did focus testing and right. Yeah. This came back. No, they're like, that sounds awesome. Right. Cool. And so I'm like, cool. yeah, my boss, Tony, he's just like, he's like my pal. And, you know, we're, we're really close. And, and that guy, to be honest, and I keep telling them this, I, you know, we'll be sitting there and I don't drink anymore, but we'd be slinging him down at the bar and I'd look at him and just go, you know what? You saved my life, dude. Like, I was out of work for a year and a half because it sucks to be in technology and hit 50. Uh-huh. And then it's like, you're old. You're, yeah. you're obsolete. Even though I was around when the Atari I, 2600 came out. I know, I know. I, I feel like this this with with it kind of in the NFT world too. It's like, I you know, the whole thing about Web3 is like, hierarchies don't matter it doesn't matter if you have history blah 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 you know and, and it's like everyone has is on equal footing but then you've got people that started two years ago that are just selling stuff for like a hundred thousand oh, yeah. dollars it's like they're crushing it i was doing loops animated digital loops probably before you were born and that <laughs> right. should count for something because it's yeah. like you're doing animated loops and selling it for a hundred grand i was doing that shit when there was the internet was just you know not shit and there was yeah. definitely no web three and there was no technology to even show what i was doing so yeah. it's like you're God. using ms paint <laughs> and then making actual like <laughs> you know screens of each frame and oh, then yeah. it's like all right let's put it into a gif maker and you're right. like and it's like trying to program a vcr with Tennis well, I was do in in two not, not, late nineties. I got into really into After Effects and and three uh, D animation. So I did a bunch of looping stuff for Tools live shows, which that's yeah, a lot, a lot oh, of the stuff really. they still use. They're they're still using it. Well, yeah. Um, 
So I feel like I belong in that space and, you know, and people have been cool in there, but at the same time, I'm like, I feel like I should be, I've got two NFTs sitting there that are just really cool and they're not really selling, but the whole market's took a huge oh, shit. It's terrible I, I, right now. But that's indicative of my luck. You know what? I got a couple of bucks. I'm going to throw it into crypto. Mm-hmm. You can, yeah. you, you run at the like top. The next day, it just went. I'm like, <laughs> oh, awesome. Now. It'll go back up. I believe yeah, it'll go yeah. back up. I got in like tw- the beginning of 2021. I bought, started buying some and I did pretty well. Like, I don't have a lot of money to invest. So it wasn't like life changing money or anything. But um, uh, it did like double, you know? So, and then it went back down, but it, I didn't lose anything. If you count like the NFTs I did sell, I definitely came out ahead. So it was all good with me, but I got in right at the tail end of the NFT thing. So I had a bunch of stuff selling for like $9,000 fit shit. And I was like, I can't believe it. This is amazing. And then all of a sudden just (laughs) crashed down. So now I'm just hard. Uh, I'm in. I'm into the technology. I think it's super cool. Oh yeah, the oh. technology. I, 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 that's one of the things I love about like, yeah. this thing. We just redesigned all of the Screenbox apps mm-hmm. with our new, like we got a couple of designers, um, like UI guys. I'm not doing it anymore because now I'm trying to make sure we have everything else running. Mm-hmm. But the new apps that my friend Rafi, who I met over at Sony, who got hired on over here. And a guy named Z, who I used to work with over at, where was that called? Uh, Phelps, Phelps Advertising or something. They designed the new apps and it's like, holy shit, these are better than like anything out there right now. Wow. And they're being released tomorrow and I'm so excited. Oh, cool. You know, and it's like, it's cool when you have a product that you're like i'm proud of this yeah right. instead of like yeah whatever you know? yeah. <laughs> but yeah we uh yeah we're getting ready for halloween which we're releasing terrifier 2 uh, right a bunch of other crazy ass movies so i'm just trying to my my life has been recently just trying to keep up with like i want to go places like i did a live painting at midsummer scream a couple of like about a month or so ago and it was a blast like mm. i i had artists coming up to me like you're doing a live painting at a convention are you suicidal like <laughs> i'm like no it was just actually fun just sitting there and i just zone out yeah right and i'll just paint this is what i finished oh wow that's this, great you know because we were that's amazing familiar. that's excellent really excellent painting I gessoed the hell out of this. Like I, That's I don't like. Great, a great piece. Thanks, man. I don't like canvas textures on things. You know, I like to have it where it's like a board. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just doing the wet sanding and all that. That's like wow. I never usually come out good because I use a hand sander, so you could see the bars, the stretcher bars. <laughs> I know, I know. I just, you know, I, I've, I most of my paintings are done on canvas because it's just so easy and they're light. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that, and the texture never really bothered me, but I do prefer a smoother surface. And, um, and the problem with masonite or, or hardboard or whatever, is I always, I would drop my, 
panels and they crack the corner and I uh, pissed me off. But now yeah. I'm doing uh, everything on, I'm kind of exclusively on aluminum now. Yeah, I was going to say, aluminum. do it on steel. Yeah, aluminum, <laughs> man. It's the stuff that uh, street the street signs are made out of. It's like aluminum with uh, some like polymer substrate in between. So That's they're nice. light. Yeah, ACM panel, man. It's the shit. Mm. And, it's, and it's, you know, it's just indestructible street yeah. signs you know street signs have to last forever out there taking bullet heads and yeah. <laughs> random cars smashing it. so i figured out something you know how uh well we were talking about canvases mm -hmm. i found a way to take a digitally scanned painting and remove the canvas texture so, okay wait a minute is it is it flipping the in wait no okay tell me okay i'm gonna tell you because <laughs> I, I i found i i heard a technique and i couldn't quite get it to work but tell me i could and i could walk you through this it's um this is what's cool about having all my weird batman computer system here yeah it's called uh affinity photo okay and affinity there's photo. a thing yeah and there's a thing within there and if you ever need help with this i could show you you go in and you basically do this. It looks at an algorithm for the texture of the camera. Oh, cool. And it will show you this kind of screen where you'll have a grid and it will show you dots, right? All you do is you take your cursor and just cover them up with like other dots because they'll look like stars when you see them on this thing. It's mm -hmm. some kind of weird graph. And you just cover it. You press process and your painting just goes and it just you lose all of that kind of noise. Of oh, the, wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, I use the shit out of it. That's awesome. I, I know that there used to be a way the, the the old school way if you're because it's like if you scan canvas, you get little highlights of the yes. texture. So they, they what I what I read and I tried it and it's like it worked, but not great. You scan the image one way. And then you stick a second scan the other way. And then you composite it. And then you composite it. And it's like, it's supposed to cancel each other out. If you, I forget which layer style you use in Photoshop. Yeah. Can cancels out the highlights, but it didn't work that great for me. But yeah. <laughs> I, I, what I like is like the new Photoshop. I have issues with it because there, it does weird shit now. And it's like, yeah. Oh, it's updated. Oh, it's not working. Oh, great. Yeah, I know. They change it like every month, too. It's yeah. Like, it's crazy. But I, I scan in all my artwork. So I'll put it on and I'll do one corner, one corner, one corner. Mm -hmm. And I used to just sit there and make it transparent and just kind of nudge it until it's kind of blurred. Right, yeah, it's yeah. Not blurred. Mm -hmm. Solid, right? Yeah. Now you just throw all the things into a folder. You hit uh, compile. Oh, and really? I've never I haven't done that. Yeah, it's super simple now. It's like it's like a, a thing that you select a folder or something or you open them all up in Photoshop and you hit go and it will just go, OK, let's tie all these together. This that's is how it so goes. cool. Boom. Yeah, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's that's the the that's the good the AI, you know, it's a, yeah. I got this uh, software called oh, I forgot what it's called. It was like, I don't know, it's kind of expensive, a couple hundred bucks, but I needed it specifically to up res i because i because i'm one of these days i'm going to mint these tool animations i did for the live show i've got like because i did a dvd back that's 
there was nowhere to show these looping animations. So I had to make a DVD and be like, okay, you play it on your TV. And that's yeah. how you watch your, your animations. And they're all 720 by 486, which was TV resolution, NTSC. And I, I was able to rip them from the DVD and then take them into this program to blow them up to HD. And it's like, they look amazing. It's like, they, which, which one is that? Uh, what's the, I love it. We're just like the technical show. Oh yeah. We, I, I, love, I love, I love, <laughs> we always get into technical stuff on here. I love tech, tech. tech. I, I use something called Topaz Gigapixel AI for images. Yeah. I think it's yeah. Topaz video enhanced AI. I think this yeah, is Topaz it. crushes it. Yeah, like, it was it's it's amazing. So so oh yeah. worth the money. I could take an image like this big and make it the size of a wall and it retains like all of the detail. Yeah, it's amazing. So yeah, that's that's the that's AI for you. Oh this yeah. Is, this is the way it's supposed to be used. Totally. Are or you one of them anyways? So do you like all of the AI art generators? I I am not against them. Like I know a lot of people are either like kind of freaked out by it. a lot of artists are freaked out by them but i don't i'm not freaked out just at all. another tool yeah know? that's what i was just saying the other night to somebody it's just another tool and um the the only issue i i have is that the people that don't do enough post-processing it's all starting to look the same and you can tell which when you know when you can tell which program something's used yeah at, it's like it's then it's not that interesting but the people that are like taking time and really spending time on each piece Dialing they're coming up with amazing stuff and then they're doing post-processing and and painting and photoshop and uh i just watched a tutorial on youtube the other day of a of a painter and she uses ai um just to get ideas which is what i was thinking the only way i'd really yeah. be interested in using this is just to generate ideas for compositions and then use that as just a starting point just to just to get your mind going to stimulate yeah. your imagination you know and to like if you need reference like, for something quickly yeah you don't have like a picture like a coffee cup at this angle you can just do it like that and it's like you don't have to worry about you know going and taking a picture or whatever so i also like the kind of crazy color palettes mm -hmm. that can come up with where i'll have crazy like highlights yeah. over here of a color you would never think and right. then here they and it's like yeah like, like i'm gonna use this yeah it's amazing i mean it's amazing it's really amazing yeah. i just i just think that as with any technology people are just barely people you know same with nft technology as well or blockchain people haven't even thought of all the different ways you could use it yet because the potential is so huge so it's like oh, yeah fun fun to think it's like what other aspect of life can you think is like that to where you don't you you can think of new ways to do something it's like that yeah. it seems like that's that there's nothing you could do that with you yeah know? it's <laughs> like it's Other like when it. the people were angry about photoshop and digital art mm -hmm. it's like well my job as a digital art or as my as a painter is obsolete it's like no you, yeah now you have an even better tool yeah right you, you can do it quicker I mean, granted, there's something about painting, painting that is just magic and it's great. Yeah, yeah. But like, oh, hey, can you do my album cover? I have 200 bucks. Right. In a couple of days. Oh, yeah. I'll just, <laughs> here you go, dude. 
<laughs> with my Wacom tablet, like. Well, that's the thing. yeah, that, that's that's how, um, you know, working in the film industry, doing creature design, it didn't make sense to use traditional mediums at that, that, you know, when when they're going to change it, they want to see changes, they want you to alter it, they want it fast. It makes sense to just do it in Photoshop, take photos yeah. real quick, reference photos, t- use a liquify tool, tweak someone out, paint on it, and, and then make a change in five minutes. You can't yeah. do that with like uh, old school painting. It's just a different thing. But I did my my uh, new show. I did. Um, I got pretty inspired in the NFT space. Actually, seeing all this cool digital art. That's one of the uh, the coolest things for me. Getting into NFTs was rekindling my love for digital because I was when I first before I started painting in oils. I was doing Photoshop painting. I was all about it. And animations and really into After Effects, like like I said, late '90s, early 2000s. Right. And uh, but I couldn't really figure out a way to make any money doing it, so I ended up going to painting because I could, you know, I was like I could show paintings and art shows, but they weren't interested in digital stuff back then. Oh yeah. But anyway, so I did. Um, I made all my studies and figured all all my paintings out in Photoshop this time. That's what I do. I before I do a painting i'll comp it out in photoshop yeah and so and i started using like photo bashing techniques for the backgrounds and skies and it's like these paintings are just like they're coming out so good because it's like i i spent the time up front to get them just perfect and right you know and tweak them and make them just right and then i just use my ipad you know next to my easel here for reference I, 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 I project i got a pr- decent projector i projected on uh traced it with india india ink and then just start painting like almost like a paint by numbers using my ipad for reference and it's just so like it's so efficient their paintings are coming out better <laughs> and faster and it's really fun i, love I it. think i remember i was doing creature effects at a place in santa monica and I'm pretty sure it was for Beowulf with Christopher Lambert. Like, okay. if you ever see that movie, it's got the worst graphics. Like, they're like, we're going to do computers. And it's like, <laughs> okay. And they didn't know what they were doing. And uh-huh. it's like, it looks like Lightwave 1.0. <laughs> but I honestly think, if I remember correctly, one of the producers was like, Look at this art from Brom. Look at this art from Chetzar. Oh, like, really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh, dude. wow. <laughs> like, it was like, here's what we want. And wow. I'm like, it's like, it was just a trip, dude. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, that was, yeah, I remember I got fired from that. <laughs> Why'd you get fired? Um, You know how executives are. Yeah. And the guy that owned the company you know what, I'll just go out on the limb and I don't give a fuck. He's a dick. He's just a fucking asshole. (laughs) So I'm sitting there and I'm trying to make CG ants for him for some ant movie he's pitching. What software you were using? I think at that time it was Lightwave because that's all I know. I mean... Same here. That's that's the only 3D program I, I know is Lightwave. Yeah, I tried to learn Maya. I got to the point where I could do walk cycles and then do a Bigfoot, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the first thing I made was Bigfoot because I wanted to do hair. 
And then I'm like, how do you animate and make all this stuff work? And it just turned into a hassle. Yeah, like, yeah, it's so complicated. I actually did make a 3D version of me for my gallery using something called Adobe Fuse, which I don't know if they still have. Mm. But you would start with a character like this, and you could tweak their face. And so I made basically me, and I put motion graphics to it, dropped it in the corner, and I found Ford. And it's what? Board. As for the like the motion capture, uh-huh. like motion capture data was just called board. <laughs> so you go into my gallery and that's just me in the corner like this. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh yeah, the 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 3D stuff, man. That that just I have a friend Pat who he's he did like previs for Game of Thrones and shit. Oh wow. And, you know, and he's like, yeah, here's Miami. That's like, you're a dick, dude. I heard you just hold your hair when you drink too much. <laughs> now look at you. Look at you here with all your awards and your Hollywood contacts. I, I love 3D. It's it's one of, the, again, it's a thing that I had to just kind of set aside. I was really into, I had a whole workflow. I was really into um, Lightwave and After Effects. And I was getting yeah. like, all that stuff I did for tool was like, it looked still looks, I think still looks pretty good considering the time it was done. And it was like, I would do simple, you know, rendered animations with alpha channels and then bring them into after effects and then do all the cool stuff in after effects. So it was like mostly after effects. Like I would take a single animation of some weird head, like warping, and then I'd bring it into after effects and then render out a, a weird, trippy background in Lightwave, bring that put it in the background duplicate the head make it smaller in after effects and make it yeah. blurry so it looked like it was in the background and then come up with these really cool compositions and it was so much fun but i just couldn't like i couldn't I, other than tool i didn't really have anyone to work so, for you so know? you've made this 720 by 480 now dvd size right so mm-hmm. like 1920 by 1080 yeah have yeah. you thought about blowing it up to 8k do you think it'll go that big i don't know i don't know What's... i don't know if it even goes that big i mean <laughs> it, it, i think i got them i think i got them maybe to 4k i don't oh, know that's perfect yeah, yeah for like what we have now yeah yeah shit man you should put that on uh screen box <laughs> yeah how would i yeah okay we'll talk yeah, about no, whatever you, whatever you want to do <laughs> man just give it to us and we'll put it on if you want to have like you like taking selfies, we'll put it on screen. Okay. <laughs> I'm down, man. I'm You're totally like... into I've got a lot of little projects going. Yeah, I, I hope the, the podcast thing works out because I feel like this podcast is so good. I've got Brom interview. Yeah. I've got Chris Mars. I got and now you're slumming Chris, it with me. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've got I saw Jeremy Cross, Jeremy shot. I saw we got Gary from Copro. I've got it's like you know I got, got newer, Norman Cabrera, Norm, like, Steve Wang. I've had Steve yeah. Wang on. I've I've had all kinds of amazing artists, and I just feel like man, the show is so good. Oh it's yeah, just, no, it's I, so interesting. I think the show is so interesting, and I yeah. feel like it's like we've sort of topped out our listenership and I'm just trying to figure out ways of getting it out just because I think it's so new, good new avenues and there's no other podcast like it do, focusing on dark art like this. So, yeah, no, it's, you just need more avenues for distribution. And it's, yeah. 
and you know and like for example we're going to be putting podcasts on our thing so you could have podcasts as well as all the movie shows and all the other stuff we're going to have on all of our services so you know that works out yeah i got a funny story like like norman cabrera i saw that he was on your show mm-hmm. he is one of the nicest guys i've ever uh- Oh yeah, he's so cool. He's so like chill and like so yeah. happy. He's all happy and so enthusiastic. He's very yeah. enthusiastic about everything he's doing. He's like great. Yeah, I when I was in the nineties, I was into like the Reverend Horton Heat and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and I was really into Rob Zombie and and a bunch of other shit. And I was really into the Ghastly Ones. Yeah, they're amazing. So I was like, I they played one of my art shows. Yeah, it was amazing. And I didn't really, I knew about them. I knew they wore cool hats, but I just loved their music. <laughs> and then one day I was at an art show and I had some of my Haunted Mansion stuff there. And the DJ goes, dude, I really love your stuff, man. And I'm like, thanks. That's really nice of you. And we were talking some more. Didn't know who he was. It was Norman. Oh, and, wow. And then later on, I'm like, he's like, yeah, I'm going to be over at uh, a friend of ours, Spooky Dan. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be over at his place. And I'm like, yeah, I'll see you there. I'll bring you prints. And he's like, okay. And he brought me prints. He's like, here, have some CDs. And I'm like, you're, you're from the ghastly ones. Like, Holy <laughs> shit. Like, like, and I was just tripping balls. Like, <laughs> like what just happened? You know, you like my stuff, you know, that's the thing I got to fight. I, I, I have such a low self-esteem, not, not, I wouldn't say it's, a low self-esteem but it's like you know people will go like yeah we like your stuff and it's like you do yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah you you gotta you gotta get over that i gotta i gotta there, lean into it and then we're, just we're, become an egomaniacal asshole <laughs> <laughs> there's such a long range to get to that point that you you don't have to worry about it <laughs> i mean you know i just that painting you just showed us it's like fucking as good as it gets with oil painting man it's like oh that's an acrylic oh really yeah, yeah. that's amazing <laughs> i can't do oils i did a couple but it's just the well dry that's e- that's even better to make because yeah, that looks like an oil painting to me so that that's even like huge huger compliment but it's hey. great it's great yeah. it's amazing I, I i did the chilean thirds and all that and i tried to learn oil and it's it's fun and once you get the hang of it you could do some amazing stuff but also as i said this here's my workspace right you know so it's like i can't have easels up for a show with like four or five different paintings you know? right right so it's it's yeah i just learned how to just do the acrylics and just water the hell out of them and just the acrylics are great i mean oh, yeah they they i just i've got so you know i've been doing oils for 20 years now so it's every time i go back to acrylic for whatever reason if it's like i don't know i was doing i was doing a tool poster doodle i got commissioned to do in acrylic every time i pull the acrylics out i'm like oh they dry too fast it's just like drying too fast on the palette it's like it's so it's hard when you're used to you know i've just got it worked out to where i know how long the oils take to dry and the mediums and i just you know you get comfortable with something i'm just, just sort of the same thing with acrylics it's like you know you get oh yeah i, I actually it. started painting i would say 12 years ago 
Like I didn't paint before that. Wow. And I just was like, you know, and I'm sure, you know, Jeremy Shot would be the first to say this. Like I was walking by him with this painting. He's like, oh, you misspelled the uh, signature. You should have put it basil. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> or go-go's. <laughs> and it's like, thanks, dude. I love you, Jeremy. <laughs> but I'm like, hey, like, like, he was a huge. He that huge influence on me, Basil. Goes, oh, yeah. Like, you know, so it's... I started learning how to paint like, you know, like I'm like, I'm going to do a series of monster portraits and just see how it goes. And it it, it did pretty well. So I just stuck with it. Mm -hmm. Um, What was it? The. Uh... I'm trying to remember, I just I just completely brain farted. Um, I do that every episode at least once. It's like this, and I just go and I just fall out of stuff. Because <laughs> we're the, over 50. Yeah. And uh and I was already like that before I turned 50. So yeah, and uh I discovered uh edibles. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So now it's like no more drinking, but hey, everything else. Here we go. <laughs> California is sober. Yeah, you know, that's but... right, California is sober. <laughs> But yeah, I started doing the paintings and then I'm like, you know, I had kind of a loose style. And then I saw Daniel Horn's artwork. Yeah, he's great. At Monster Palooza. And I remember standing there next to um, Clint Carney. Mm -hmm. and That's awesome. I love that, dude. And we're just like this. Yeah, we, we'd better pick it up. We'd better, we'd better do better. <laughs> like he's the, he does oils, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we were just talking. We we're like, "Wow, this we have to get to the next level, and this is in that direction." Right. Yeah. So that's why now it's like I take my time, and I don't try to just slap right together anymore. That was the cool thing about working at Rick's. Uh, Rick Baker's was the artists were so good. Everyone working there was so good that you. It's like you don't know it how. You. What's that? Yeah, yeah. That and it's like you, you makes don't... everyone go, fuck yeah, we'll do this together. And, and I'm gonna... you don't even know something could be done as good as it's done until you see someone else do it. That's what was my experience. Cause it's like I I've said this a lot of times on the show. When I was at my old job, I was kind of like the art director at this at uh, Alterian Studios, this other shop I worked at for like 10 years. And I wasn't it's like people would come in that were really good and work for a few weeks or a month or two or something. But I was sort of cut off because I was kind of like, I don't know, just in my own world in a way and not feeling like I had to learn off of other people. Cause I was like at the art department head. And then when I got laid off eventually and then went to Rick's and realized that there was all these guys that were so much better than me. And I was like, I didn't even realize you could do sculpture that like detail that good. I didn't think it was possible. I didn't think there was a way to do it. And then you see how they're doing it. It's like, Oh, okay. And oh, then I, that's got, the secret. I got so much better just be working with those guys and learning all their techniques. And, and uh, it was huge. So, you know, that's, that's a, a big part of being, being uh, the, the best you can be is being around yeah. people that are better than you. Yeah. And it's like, and it's also just like, I would love to go over to Jeremy Cross's place and we just hang out and paint. Yeah. That was just like, I miss that. Like, you know, the whole COVID thing. I mean, you know, it, 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 it 
worked out for me because they're like you have to work from home and right. i was making a two hour long commute every oh my god day. it's like and i'm in a scion you know those little boxes yeah yeah and these two vertebrae compressed so it's like i'm like hey what's going on you know <laughs> and so i had to you know do the neck stretching crap well, well, but it was all because of the horrible commute that's that's part of the, that's one of the reasons i left the film industry was the commute yeah because i was doing like you know it was just from where i am to yeah come out Burbank to was, of the shop and you're like yeah oh <laughs> It would be like, you know, about a 45 minute drive one way and then back home, it could be 15 minutes to an hour and a half or two hours. Uh, and it's just like, I just, it was terrible, terrible. I hate the fucking commute. Oh, oh my yeah. God, it's the worst. And then they tried recently, my company's like, well, we're going to get another office. Um, who Do you guys want to work back in the office? And I'm like, I would come in, but unfortunately, like you can't see what's going on here, right? Mm -hmm. I have monitor one, two, three, four. Wow. I have a raid drive. I have a standing desk. <laughs> like, what am I gonna do? Have a a 70s plush band with the heart on the side and just put all this shit in. <laughs> you know, like just me driving to work with the chain wheel, you know. Just, <laughs> and in the back, I have all my art shit <laughs> you know what actually I, I that sounds like a pretty cool i know i'm just gonna think it it's like yeah you i'm know. just gonna go sleep in the bag <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> crap out but yeah man it's a uh, but yeah the the whole thing with working from home worked out for me because it was it was killing me like i was burnt yeah. out yeah and then it's like during that time quit the drinking started jogging and like I'm like, my wife bought me a 200 pound standing bag. So I decked this place out with like rubber mats and, you know, wrap up my hands and I'll just, you know, do some boxing for about an hour. And it's like, you know, and then my company's like, yeah, let's make you creative director. And I'm like, okay. And it's, <laughs> it was during all of this happened during the pandemic. So it's like, wow, what a trip. It's like, it, I feel bad because people are like, yeah, it was rough. Man. I know. Right. That's, that's what say that's what happened. Basically what happened to me. I had this huge opportunity during COVID where I, where I uh, did some tool poster designs mm -hmm. and these posters got really popular with on the secondary market with collectors. And so people were hiring me, sending me their posters to do doodles on and sign for a fee. And then yeah. I, and then they gave me, you get like 50 posters a piece. I was all year. I was just doodling on tool posters the whole year of the pandemic, making, making like making bank scratch. Like that's bank. So <laughs> it was crazy. I know it was like, you know, I often I'm like the pandemic year was like one of the best years of my life. No, and I don't want to say it because it. it's like, yeah, my grandmother died. I know. I know. Dude, yeah. I became creative director. You know? <laughs> No, that's the thing. Aside, I always, I always uh, give the caveat. Aside from the the death and yeah, people and getting all, sick and people and dying, all the political insanity. Yeah, all that insanity. Aside from that, personally, it was like great. Yeah, it was. I wake up in me. the morning like this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, having my coffee. 
I gotta have a meeting. <laughs> hey everyone, how's it going? <laughs> so and also learning to fuck with people with Zoom. So I took a photo with my camera, right? Uh-huh. So I got all of this. And not you know, I this is before I got into the crazy let's smoke weed and turn on all the crazy smart lighting. Uh-huh. That's what this is. Uh-huh. This was it just regular lights. So I went in and took that background plate, took it into After Effects, and animated in a ghost. <laughs> and it's like, it's a three minute loop. So this only happens for about a, a second and a half. Oh, that's you so see cool. This, like at 3% transparency, just something slowly going like this behind me. That's amazing. And then I just put that on as my background. <laughs> and I'd be so like So it looks this. exactly like your background. Yeah, so I'd go like this. Uh, and then I'd flip it. And I'd just be talking. And I'm getting texts like, Darren, what, what's that behind you? And I'm <laughs> texting back, I don't know what you're talking about. No, like, Dude, I just saw it again. <laughs> That's <laughs> and, great. Oh, yeah, yeah. Here's my boss. Here's the president of the company. And there's just a ghost. <laughs> just, just messing with them. That's so cool. Oh, so, such a blast. <laughs> oh, yeah. We went to the Monster Museum in Nevada for my birthday last week. What's the Monster Museum? I don't know about that. Um, I forget the gentleman's name, but this guy created this entire thing in Boulder City, Nevada, huh. where it's you go and it's kind of like he has a little store you could watch documentaries about horror movies and i think he used to work with like charles band and all them a lot mm -hmm. he worked with other special he did the rounds so he moved out there and just basically made the monster museum wow you don't remember his name i don't remember i feel bad like <laughs> hey dick you didn't mention my name no I, he, he i didn't meet him or anything but it's just something that was out there i could like him up. like Let's go. So we went and stayed at the Boulder Dam Hotel. Tom Devlin's Monster Museum. Yeah. Hmm. Tom Devlin. Yeah, that's that's the guy. Yeah. Oh, I've never met him, I don't think. Yeah, it was just something fun to go and do. Yeah, and it looks like, fun. But what was a trip was my wife was like, I don't know what's out here. Like, we don't know if we're in the desert. Boulder City, Nevada is pretty nice. It's actually pretty cool. But we were staying at the Boulder City Hotel. And I see the place and I'm like, Boulder City Hotel Haunted. It's one of the most haunted places in Nevada. Oh, wow. Like, yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Do you see anything? I smell old lady perfume in our room. And I'm like, but I'm like, I'm, I'm an atheist, you know, but it's like that kind of cool, weird shit. I'm like, yeah, I'll play. So I'm smelling my hands, trying to find soap, shampoo, no. Smelling the sheets. The sheets smell like downy. Smelling my wife, you know. She smells like, you know, my wife. And I'd be sitting there, and then this smell, like this intense smell of, like, old lady perfume. Wow. Which is going. And I'm like, okay, that's a trip. And I've been, I've been awake, so it wasn't like I was in, in a hypnagogic Mm -hmm. mode where i'm like waking up and seeing an elephant in the room or anything like that mm -hmm. i'm sitting there and then it's like is it coming from under the door well it's three in the morning like who's gonna be 
like everyone there crapped out at around 11. And then my wife felt someone go like this in the middle of the night. Oh, that's freaky. Yeah, I love that shit. Dude. Oh, I, I do too. Halloween's coming. And I told a couple of people I've met recently, like, hey, um, can I go see a ghost? Like, do you guys have any? Because like, I, I've always researched it, but I've never seen like, I've seen weird shit. I've experienced weird shit, but nothing where you go. That's a ghost. Right like walking through bars and you'd feel cobwebs mm -hmm. a group of people and it's like how did that happen you know or hearing footsteps at a friend of mine's house upstairs or we're the only one you know shit like that yeah yeah but never i want to see like like the shit like that i was making in that thing where you could see like a full body apparition or whatever and go that's rad right <laughs> <laughs> Then I can go, okay, okay, I take this a little bit more seriously now. Well, I mean, what about the footsteps? What could that be? Yeah, but that that could have been the house settling. That could have been a lot. Like, I love on these ghost shows, how they undo the thing and they go, give us a sign and it'll turn on. And they're like, oh, my God, it's life on the other side of the right. portal. And it's like, dude, no, it's it's no. Oh, no, but yeah, those shows are the worst. Those oh, shows, yeah. there's never anything good on those shows. Yeah, uh, I, I like I like watch the crazy shit on YouTube at night, where you see like ghosts kind of go like, and they always I I go shy like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> it's like this. <laughs> and then everyone screams and runs, and I'm just sitting there at like one o'clock in the morning, just going. This is so rad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I uh, I don't think I've ever seen like your typical ghost before, but I've had so many weird things happen. So many like impossible synchronicities and oh yeah, precognitive dreams and yeah same here and out it's of, like weird out of body experiences and all that shit it's just like you know i remember one time i was trying to do like out of body shit because this was like i was i wish you could have seen the book collection i had at one point i've never been able to tr do it on command that's the weird yeah. thing that's what i was trying to do right right so i'm doing the thing where you relax you do the deep breathing you try to just relax your arms so they tingle and you're you're you know, your arms and your legs and everything mm -hmm. slowly are supposed to go to sleep and it's supposed to congregate, like kind of end up in your head, mm -hmm. you know, and then that supposedly you feel like a vibration or something. Right. And I was doing it. And in my mind's eye, I imagine all these clouds and like a little bit of movement and out of nowhere, a lion head. <laughs> and this is probably my psychology, like my subconscious. Mm hmm. Like just fucking with me like it does. A lion head came out like this, and I jumped out of bed. Like just, wow. Oh fuck. No, we're not gonna do that again. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's oh yeah. So yeah. you never got out? You never floated around? Not really. I know people who did though, and it's like I'm like, here, set this up as an experiment. So you have a controlled experiment. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, is it things you know that are happening or things that you remember happening like 
you know, what was going on and all this. And, you know, they're like, oh, so-and-so was sitting out there and they just didn't notice me. It's like, okay, yeah, you know, but. Yeah, I've had like, I've, I've been having them recently again for some reason, like uh, probably two or three nights ago. Because it's usually when I'm falling asleep and I get this buzzing, this thing that like. Yeah, the buzzing, the goes, buzzing and the vibration. Yeah, it's like the for me, in, it's like I feel like in my head it goes. I was so funny because because the uh, guy I interviewed last week, I talked about this with him. Um, anyway, it goes. That's not, the only way it's just like feeling in my head. I don't know what it is. And, and I'm like, oh shit, I'm going to go out of body again. And I'm like, how half asleep, you know, like, and it's usually scary for pretty often scary. And I usually just like, no, I don't, I just want to go sleep. <laughs> and, uh, and if I'm lucky, like what happened the other night was I fall, I just end up falling asleep. But other times I just, you know, start floating around and it's like, I can't see it's black. I'm like, I can't control anything. Can you set up a TV in your other room? and have like youtube play just random shit and then you could check the next day what you want like what your mm -hmm. history is. oh that's a good idea i just don't have any control i'd have to have it always on every I night <laughs> and maybe in six months it might happen and maybe i might make it into this room whereas you know it's like other times i'll go through out to the front yard through the living room or or I, or I can't see. And it's like, you don't always, the, I, I learned from that Rob, the Robert Monroe book, one of Robert Monroe's book, who's like the big researcher that I talked about this last week too, um, that if you say what you want to happen, that's yeah. how you can see. So you have to say, okay, I could see now, or I want to, I want to move forward. Then you'll, it'll happen and you'll go forward. And, yeah. um, and I always, you, you're, you're in a different state of mind. So you forget to do it. But the weird thing is, have you seen that movie, The Nightmare? Yes, that's what I was going to ask yeah, you. Yeah, it's so I great. I love that movie, dude. It's like <laughs> it's the, the greatest scary documentary ever made. It's so good. I recommended it to this guy because he's like a big occult uh, scholar. This guy, oh, yeah. Horowitz, I had on the podcast last week. And, um, you know, that stuff, those people are all kind of putting their their personal stuff on it like one woman's like it's a demon because she's like yeah. very religious and they're like put putting this layer of what they think it is on but i'm telling you man as someone who's experienced that stuff all the shit they're saying rings true 100 percent. like yeah. all the descriptions of the weird ways that you know like uh you know some of the uh there's this weird aesthetic to it like sometimes things are different like you're fo floating around and your house is different so it's like you're in a dream but but you're fully aware and it's not like a dream it's like things you know you're everything's different sometimes and then sometimes everything's exactly the same it's really yeah. it's just beyond comprehension really it's have like, you ever done lucid dream yeah i've had lucid dreams too yeah, I got to the point where I could do that a little more regularly. Oh, really? But then it just turns into a total like, and everything just goes away. It's right. Like, I I've just never hit someone and make them explode. You know, yeah, like I've never horrible made... comic book shit. Yeah, yeah, I've never been able to do it on command. But there's there was like a couple of times I've had it quite a few over the years. But a couple of times I was like. 
okay, I'm in a lucid dream. I have to, the trick is you have to stay aware that you're in the dream and not get um, hypnotized by the dream and you'll and fall yeah. back into the dream. Then it'll be just like, you're, you're not aware that you're in a dream and you just think you're in reality. And then it's like a normal dream. But um, I, I, there was one of them recently, one of the more recent ones, there was like a basketball hoop and a backboard. And I like, okay, I'm going to fly up. And I just took a bite of the backboard because <laughs> I could. But, but the, totally <laughs> it tastes like super. strawberry. <laughs> but the cool thing was at one point I, there was a, there was a woman sitting in a chair in this weird room. And I, and I was like, Oh, I got to tell her. I was like, it's a lucid dream. This is a Ooh, lucid don't. dream. Like, right. And, and then she turned into this weird doll. As soon as I said that she like oh, transformed okay. into, you know, those dolls that you squeeze them and their eyes pop out. Remember yeah. those? It, she turned into something kind of like that. And then I was realizing, and in, in even in the lucid dream, I was like, oh, that's because she's not real. She's. And they and, can get violent. Oh, really? Yeah. Because it's like. Yeah. They, yeah. It's like you're, you're fighting to evaluate them or something. Right. Right. It's See, so weird, man. So what I wonder about is two disparate kind of phenomenon, if you will. You have the shadow people when mm -hmm. you. But then, and I just found out about this recently, DMT mechanical elves. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Where people see, right, as you're going down, they're looking around the room and they're finding glowing entities in the room as they're slipping into the state. Right. And that, and they all see the same thing. That's right. what's weird. I know, I know. And and I've, heard, like, I've heard like some people saying, it's because Terrence McKenna was the first person to kind of like talk about mechanical machine elves back in probably the eighties. And it's like a subconscious suggestion, but I don't like really, grays. huh? Yeah. Like right. Grays, right. But I don't, I don't, it just doesn't, you know, it doesn't seem like it works that way to me. It's, it's weird. I don't think it's like we're that suggestible that yeah. easily suggestible maybe though maybe it's like my feeling is more like these things are something and we just like with the grays or the aliens it's like there's something it's not just our imagination but we are like overlaying something that we can make sense out of where you're talking about some kind of energy or something that just is beyond human comprehension so we have to like overlay this I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah. It's so crazy. With me, it's like when you have a dog, right? The dog looks at you and thinks you're dogs. Right, right. Yeah, right. How, how do we know that we're not around things that we're like, oh, human, but it's not. Right. You know, like that's that's one of the things that I always tripped out on. Like it's all about perception mm -hmm. and just, and you know. You should check out this this uh, this guy Mitch Horowitz that I had on last week. He's, oh, he, I will. He's awesome. He's like, uh, uh, he talks a lot because he talks about his whole thing. He he has a he does he's like a scholar of the occult. He's got a his first book is called Occult America, where he talks about how like occultism has run through the whole history of America, and he goes through it. It's really interesting, and um, but his whole thing is like manifesting 
you know, using your thought to manifest things, which is something I've been doing. My mom taught me when I was a kid. I've been doing it my yeah. whole life. Totally works. You but he's visualize got, it and you concentrate on Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, that's the magic, basically, is the is ceremonial mat. It's like a version of that. But he, um, he has such a great... Uh, his his philosophy on or you know is uh, how it works is like you you know using quantum theory you know the idea that there's yeah like string theory and yeah and, yeah and he talks a lot about that stuff and infinite um potential potentialities of all realities exist in in the space based on that um that wave particle experiment with the double slit experiment i don't know if you know about that experiment yeah it's like once it's observed it changes you know it changes <laughs> yeah. once like it's, schrodinger's cat yeah right? yeah he yeah. talks a lot about schrodinger's cat and all that stuff and so it's like you know we, we used to call it manifesting where you're manifesting it he's like what you're do what he what we may be doing he never gives an you know a concrete belief but he's like what we may be doing is when you concentrate on these things we are selecting a potential alternate reality um that we want sliding to, to happen in, yeah in, we're like sliding uh, into yeah. a new dimension it's like a localized reality that everyone else it just kind of lays in like an overlay on our existing reality right right dude i think i could talk to you for hours <laughs> i know <laughs> jesus christ i know i know it's 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 yeah we gotta we gotta stop now it's, oh, no, it's cool. <laughs> i mean like i i'm i could chat all day about this stuff like actually I'm, I've always been into the occult stuff. And um, recently my wife was like, hey, man, or because she refers to me. No. <laughs> like, you know, I'm thinking about I want to start selling tote bags, but with kind of occult artwork on them. Mm -hmm. He's like, can I, she's like, can I use some of your designs? And I'm like, sure. She sat down and in like two weeks, dude, she got all the business stuff ready, all the name stuff, has the website. She just crushed it. So Ooh. in the next couple of months, if anyone gets a chance, go look up the everlasting faint, which is the Victorian term for when people would have heart attacks. Oh, wow. That's cool. I'm like, yeah, let's use that as the name. And I'm like, that's great. Like everlasting I love you. <laughs> that's great. So, yeah, it's it's that's going to be my next little um, just working with her on this. And it's 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 fun, like just coming up with crazy shit. She's like, I have this idea and it's. It's got all this symbolism in it of like moons and stars and like, you know, occult symbols from like John D and stuff. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. The, the There's definitely a resurgence in, in, in all of this stuff happening. It's like, oh, yeah. It's becoming. Did you ever do the chaos magic stuff? Yeah. Yeah. It's like you write down the words of what you want. Yeah. Sigils. Yeah. I do that. I just. Yeah, did one recently. I do it all the time. <laughs> it works. Yeah, it's I thing. I can't explain it, but it seems it, to work. It works. I, it's every. It's worked every time I've I've done it so far. Hey, the sigil stuff, but I've been doing like the uh, visualization stuff since my mom taught me when I was like nine years old, and she asked me to visualize them selling a painting because we were broke, and, and in, within a week or two or whatever, the painting sold. And then she let me, the deal was I got to go buy something at the mall if I, right. so I got to go buy this. Get Star Wars figures. You know? <laughs> I got this weird, it's funny. I talked about Mitch to Mitch about this as well. I bought this big, it's in my documentary, uh, a big 
metal sculpture blimp, a wire sculpture blimp that I was I fascinated with in the 70s. It's like with the little propeller going and uh, that's what I bought. <laughs> it was like, just like $200 back in 1978 or something. Jesus. And uh, But yeah, so I've been doing that stuff forever. So when I started learning, trying traditional ceremonial magic techniques and chaos magic, which really resonated most with me was the chaos stuff. Cause it's like yeah. less formal. And um, Mitch talks a lot about this thing he calls anarchic magic, but he practices, which is really cool where it's like, it's sort of like chaos magic, but um, cold. What? Cold. Cold. <laughs> Was it called Anar Anarctic? Anarch no Anarchic. And like Anarchy. Oh, okay. I thought you said Anarctic. <laughs> like, Antarctic magic. You're like, oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> sorry, man. <laughs> I gotta wait, hold on. Oh sorry, you were saying it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh but no, yeah, I, yeah, no, it's like, yeah, it's great. It's like because he's it's like more, it's less formalized than chaos magic, even. It's like you're kind of like borrowing from everything he, he has a lot of good um articles on medium he writes and stuff but he's got a bunch of books so yeah you definitely got and he's got a million uh tons of youtube lectures he's a really great speaker so you'll, you'll probably you'll probably dig his stuff can i give you a suggestion sometime if you've never done this yeah i think it's the yaki indian tribe the native american tribe in arizona mm -hmm. every Easter, they have their Easter celebration. And it's a cross between Native American culture and early Christianity. Mm -hmm. It's one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And as far as like, they have, I forget the rancheros or something where it's all the good guys are wearing white with like beige sombreros and they have guns. And then you have the Sims, which are people who make these masks of like demons and stuff. And they have a wooden sword. They paint it all up and a wooden knife. And they have these two bells on their butts, like these two, like, so it sounds like. And what you'll do is you'll get 200 of these people in a line and they walk up and they go. That's so cool. <laughs> and then they have a huge fight under fireworks shooting guns. No way. Wow. And it's and then on Sunday they have an effigy of Saint of Jew, Judas. But it's just a 20 foot tall effigy of Satan. Wow. And they burn all this stuff. Um it's one of the That's biggest, amazing. It's cool. You just go camp and you just go see this you can't take pictures or anything, but it's just really cool. Um that sounds amazing. One of these days I don't know if we have time. My buddy who is probably, his name's Tim Maloney, one of the most talented filmmakers. He's humorous. He makes his own music. He's he's He does it all. Mm. Him and his wife were driving to this. And it was later in the evening. They look out the window. They see something. They look at each other and go, don't say what you just saw. When we get to the hotel, we're going to draw. They get to the hotel. They drew the same thing. Someone like this, right? Let's see, like this, carrying a wrapped, it could have been a body, it could have been a bunch of sticks, but it looked like it was wrapped. 
and here's the mountain range, right? It wasn't like going like this. It was running no way. really fast over the top. And they both saw it and they both threw it. Wow. So when they went to the ceremony, they're like, you know, what was this? And like nonplus, the guy goes, oh, yeah, that was so-and-so. He's like a trickster god. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> here's my friend Tim like, I don't believe in any of this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, I guess. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, that's just, I love, that's the kind of stuff I want to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if you keep searching, you keep wanting it, I think yeah. you'll eventually see what you want to see. Yeah, it's like that app. What's that app? I, I, I got it, you know, the, God, there's an app where you actualize what you want to see and someone said i want to go see murder or something and the app took them to the beach where they found two suitcases and they were filming it and they zipped it open and they're like this and it was two dead bodies what is this okay here here's what the app is called let's see here this is a real thing yeah it's it's <laughs> it's hold on yeah you got you got to play with this um do I have my trivia? Uh, give me one second. Travel navigation. Okay. Randonautica. What? Randonautica. Randonautica. Yeah, go look up Randonautica. Strange videos. Okay. One of them is people found two butchered corpses in a set of luggage. Other people would go and they would find like out in the woods and they'd find some dark eyed woman like and just weird shit. How does it work? You it's basically you mentally put it out there that you want a an effector to happen or something. Just check it out. Okay. (laughs) Curious to see what you think because I would like a while back, they had all the power out was out here. So I'm like, I'm gonna do Randonautica and look for creepy shit in Sierra Madre. Uh-huh. And I saw weird shit. Like I could have, but then again, you know, it's also pitch black out, and then, you know, <laughs> I could have sworn I saw something, and I just about like nearly had a heart attack. It was so rad. Wow. Yeah, Randonautica, man. Okay, I'm gonna download. Is it that. bullshit? Probably, you know, but it's like, who knows? It's it's about manifestation. It goes with what you were talking about, right? But this is an app that it has like quantum. It can read a quantum generation. It it check it out. Okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm curious to see what you think. Text me. I on, will. Text me on Twitter or where, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fun happen. I know? will. Yeah, I uh, I got to get my phone fixed first of course <laughs> oh my phone's working now see it's we working it. that was so weird oh that's good now i could tell the uh twitter lady i was getting yeah. ver- service on verizon uh oh that's good that was so weird it was just in the house remember i told you oh yeah i told you before yeah. we went on I, and she left and it all just started working again yeah it was so yeah. weird so weird uh, uh, maybe it's time to get a new one no, it's a new one. It's a oh, it is. Yeah, oh. yeah. I've been noticing like my stuff's dropping off. Like, it's like oh yeah, it's five bars or whatever, and it's like, why isn't this thing working? 
Hmm. I think it's just all the the way everything's made to be temporary. That's because I pulled the tower. It's because I pulled the tower card today. That's yeah. why. <laughs> yeah. Well, always that I, goddamn tower card. It's a bitch, man. Um, Fucking tower card. <laughs> well, uh, I, I, okay, I'm gonna let you go. We should end yeah. this episode. I, but I definitely want to have you on again because, yeah, yeah, I feel, man, I feel like you chat. we barely scratched the surface on what we could talk about. Oh yeah, we can. And... I, I guarantee you, you and I could talk for. Yes, I know. <laughs> it's, it's clearly. <laughs> I got to tell you about the crazy teacher I had in college who we could do. Like he would do tantric meditation where he'd stare into eyes and that's a whole story of weirdness. Oh yeah. We can talk forever about it. Yeah. Well, we also hardly talked about your artwork. I mean, it's like you have two, you're too, you're too interesting of a guy. It's like, you're going to, you just have to be over multiple uh, episodes. That's just the way it's gotta be. So we'll do Uh, the DW Frydendahl collection. Right. The art years, a creepy year, the dream therapy, <laughs> the edible years, yeah, the edible years. <laughs> question mark. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on. It was oh, great. Thank D- you for having me, man. It was great to finally meet you. And yeah, shit yeah. With you. And and yeah, anytime. And it, whenever you want to go get pizza down in Arcadia, I'm down. For sure. Excellent. Yeah, we got to go to Zello for sure. You'll love it. Yes. Um, yeah, so don't hang up, but okay. we, we we do have to say goodbye to the audience. So, okay. so just say goodbye to the audience. Goodbye, audience. Take care. Thank you, guys, everyone, for listening to me ramble on with Chet. <laughs> for, uh, for the fun time. Take care. Bye. Bye.